I'd like to welcome Pat Gallagher, EVP of Marketing Partnerships and Communication for the Super Bowl 50 host committee and former president of the San Francisco Giants. Pat, welcome to the show. Well, glad to be here, guys. You know, this is a big week. I mean, uh, now that it's sort of a countdown to Super Bowl 51. And, uh, you know, a year ago, uh, we were you know, sitting here running on fumes, and now we're just spectators like everybody else watching what happens. So marketing partnerships and communications is a very broad, all-encompassing title. Can you share some more specifics about what you were actually doing? Well, you know, and I was part of the, uh, in, in, you have to go back to November of uh, 2012 when the Bay Area was notified that we would have the opportunity to place a bid on uh, on a Super Bowl. And the way the NFL conducts these, there were three cities uh, bidding for potentially one of, you know, one of two games, Super Bowl 50 and Super Bowl 51. So uh, back then we, we prepared a bid, um, which, you know, we can talk about more about what that what's entailed with that. But, you know, it's you sort of it's sort of a beauty contest for uh, for different regions. You know, and now every year uh, the Super Bowl uh, has a different site. And, uh, you know, last year it was San Francisco Bay Area. This year it's Houston. You know, in the next few years, cities like Minneapolis, Atlanta, South Florida, and even Los Angeles will have one. They don't even have a stadium yet, but they're, they're, they're scheduled to have one in, uh, in 2021. So. Pat, I'm uh, I'm interested to I have a I have two part question here, but the first part um, I'll ask because you kind of brought it up is I'm curious as far as the bidding process goes. Right, there's a bit of information out there. Um, I think it's public that everybody knows, and and you know as far as how it works when an area or a city is bidding on the Super Bowl. How far out in advance? Obviously, you're talking 2012, so a few years in advance. What does that look like? And 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 I guess you know what are the what is the NFL looking for for a place to put the Super Bowl? Well, you know, it's really changed in the, you know, 50 years that this has been done. You know, in the, in the early years, uh, the NFL was looking for, obviously looking for a place to play the game, and they were looking for an area that, uh, you know, that would televise well. You know, usually these would be warm weather areas, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Miami, New Orleans, Los Angeles, uh, Pasadena, other those cities bid on early on the early games, and then as this thing is, it's become a, you know, the Super Bowl has become a, not only a sports, but sort of a cultural phenomenon that, uh, that cities now buy to bring to their area. So it, 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 it generally, this bidding will happen, you know, three or four years in advance. Um, last year, the, when the NFL awarded the, uh, the games coming up, they, they pushed it out now that there's a Super Bowl site that's been determined all the way to uh, 2021. So, uh, so it's it's an involved process. Uh, the local host committee, uh, which we were a part of, has to put together a plan. There's a there's a, there's about a 150 page RFP request for a proposal that you have to address. But really, what they're looking for is uh, obviously a place to play the game, a suitable place, uh, an area that has the financial wherewithal to meet the financial obligations that you have to have and then um and and then a plan a plan to put it together and it's more than just the it, 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 i hate to say this but in some ways the game is sort of the i say that's the easiest part of it but it's everything else that that goes around it in the, in the bay area just like they're doing in houston uh you know we began rolling out different things 
uh, like a year in advance. And then uh, during game week, which was nine days, uh, we, we, you know, created experiences around the Bay Area. Our challenge was a little different in that, you know, this, this is a big region. I mean, San Francisco is over 40 miles away from the stadium site down in Santa Clara. But we had to figure out a way to get everybody in the, in the region involved and tap into the resources that the, that the Bay Area uh, has. Well, as somebody who's been there during the Super Bowl week, um, I was out at the, uh, the Giants-Pats, actually, um, when they lost that streak, I think it was 2009, and it was incredible to see what, what Arizona had done leading up. You know, I was there for like the week and a half, and it's, it's, it, it, that in and of itself is an undertaking. I guess I'm curious, um, you know, it's, we're within five days right now leading up to, to kickoff for this year's Super Bowl. What is it like right now from the marketing and communications perspective as we get this close? to the game what is happening behind the scenes that the public doesn't necessarily see that's part and parcel of actually putting this on well i mean locally you aside from all the logistics the logistics the security the multiple levels of security um the transportation piece of it how do you move people around to the not only the game but to the various activities we put together a a, a, our version of what houston's doing in San Francisco, it was called Super Bowl City, and was plopped right in the downtown area. Uh, we created a, a I guess, in, in a way, sort of a, a, a theme park that uh, was open for nine days and drew over a million people. So when, when you do that, aside from just the logistics and the security and all the other aspects of it, um, it also gave us the opportunity to uh, the companies and organizations who uh, helped financially to support our bid it gave them the opportunity to activate along with some of the NFL sponsors. So it's a, you know, it's an activity. We, we, we started it back in September, last uh, September of 2015, where we took the eight uh, Lombardi trophies between the 49ers and the Raiders and took them on a tour around Northern California, sort of a whistle-stop tour, gave people an opportunity to get up close and, and, and be part of it. And it was, uh, you know, our goal, our, our three goals for the Bay Area was we wanted to make this the most shared Super Bowl ever, which meant that, you know, there's only 70,000 people who can go to the game. We wanted to create other experiences for people to get beyond it. And, and also, um, probably the most driving purpose for us was this, we wanted this to be the most, most giving Super Bowl ever. What, what that meant was, we wanted to, to be able to leverage the opportunity to bring an event like this to the Bay Area to raise money for local charities so that, you know, it, it, it would do some good. There'd be a purpose behind it, uh, not just, uh, you know, not just hosting a football game and then after it's over, everybody goes home. So the, the impact of it will last a lot longer. And I think that's what's, what's, what's become part of us, the Super Bowl bid now is it's, you know, not just hosting the game, you know, having hotel rooms and, and, and events, but figuring out a way to get the biggest bang for your buck for your region, uh, give you a reason to do it. What's something we'd be surprised to know about planning a Super Bowl? Well, in, you know, in our case, it, you know, there's a lot of different things that are that are part of it. I mean, you think about you think about the different logistics. People, you know, there, there were about four hundred thousand people who came in to the region during the nine days of Super Bowl week. Now, think about it. There's only 70,000 of them who go to the game. The rest of them came in to participate in all the activities around, uh, you know, around it. 
And um, it was, you know, we almost had uh, over a million people who came into downtown San Francisco. There were events all around the Bay Area. But some of the things that you wouldn't think of, I mean, think about the security aspects of it. It's not just, uh, the best way to describe this would be, uh, a lot of people have asked, well, what is it like? You have all the different governmental agencies, Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, the CIA, local law enforcement. And the best way to describe it would be that it's it's about the same level of security that would be required for a presidential inauguration. You know, we just had that. When you gather that many people together in an area, you have to make sure that it's well organized. People know what they have to do to move around. And you have to you have to make sure that it's safe. Uh, you know, you, you gather that many people and it's, you know, the, the, the sort of the eyes of the, of the country and the, and the world are on you. So a lot of different considerations. What did you do with when the game was over or when all of this was done? Like the moment where you're like, we got through this. Take me to that moment when you successfully <laughs> just planned this Super Bowl in San Francisco. What was that like? Well, I mean, one of the great things about an effort like this is that it has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. So once it was over and once, you know, you're always sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, whatever that means. You know, you're waiting for something. And believe me, there were things that happened that, that were that were sort of handled on the fly, but no major issues that happened. Um, you know, we... <laughs> We, we gathered, and you think about the, the cast of characters that it takes to do this. Our host committee, uh, just our little nonprofit host committee that was charged with this, you know, started with a few of us, and we ended up with about 30 full-time people. We had to recruit 5,000 volunteers to be the hosts uh, it's just for every different sort of checkpoint in the Bay Area, you know, at Super Bowl City, at transit hubs, hotels, airports. In our case... Uh, there were over 13,000, or excuse me, 1,300 uh, private aircraft that flew into the Bay Area. Now, you, you can't just sort of let that happen. You have to have a plan um, and use multiple different uh, facilities to accommodate that. And so it, it's, it's a, it all comes down to a focus, and you have to have a really robust plan in place that takes several years to actually put together. It sounds like a uh, logistical uh, nightmare, but also incredible feat to pull off. Um, Pat, before we jumped, before we start recording, um, you know, we kind of briefly mentioned about you know sponsors obviously releasing commercials early as part and parcel of of how you market in the Super Bowl. It's just not as simple as buying thirty seconds in the broadcast. Um, you know, we've seen obviously Snickers for the first time is going to be the first advertiser to do a live commercial, quote unquote. We'll see what that actually entails and what that looks like uh, when they do it. What is, from your perspective, what does it take now uh, for, for uh, sponsors and marketers to be successful around the Super Bowl? You know, I think it's a great question. I think that, you know, marketing and activating around the Super Bowl, you know, is way more than just a commercial. I mean, the numbers that people hear about is that, you know, a 30-second spot on the, on the telecast, you know, is about $5 million dollars. Uh, that's the rate now, and it continues to grow every year. But last year, you know, we, we, now we've had a time to look at the metrics and what happened. Last year, um, and you're seeing some of it, some of it now, the, the metrics said that there were over 330 million views of Super Bowl ads uh, on YouTube. 
Now, YouTube didn't exist, you know, a number of years ago. So advertisers now are not only trying to get ready to, to place their ad, place whatever they're doing uh, on the telecast, but also uh, getting it out there in advance and, and then giving it as much life as possible. Um, I, I would say as a marketer, um, uh, activating and advertising around the Super Bowl is, you know, really as much of an art as it is a science. Uh, you know, it, it, does it pay? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Um, you, we've all seen ads over the years that you kind of look at it and you, so you, you kind of say, well, what in the heck were they thinking, you know, <laughs> with the creative and with everything else. But, you know, the, the big guys who do this regularly, you know, the Anheuser-Busch's, the Pepsi-Cola's, um, the other companies, and now a lot of technology companies, uh, the Microsofts and others who are involved in this, you know, they have, aside from just the, just the focus on what it costs to get on the air, it, it also, um, you have to multiply that by, by some sort of a, an X factor just to get the biggest bang for the buck. So it's a, you know, it's the largest, you know, last year there were over 141 million people uh, who actually watched the game um, on all different platforms, which was, uh, you know, which was a record, and the record will continue to be broken every year. It's, you know, it's the largest single uh, television event uh, every year. Ours happened to be, um, you know, at least we, we were, the metrics told us that it was the largest, largest television, television event ever in television history. So, you know, it's a big focal point. It's a big party. There's lots of things that are uh, that are that are that go into it, but uh, you know the numbers can drive you crazy after a while. It, it, it really, I mean, the numbers definitely can drive you crazy, and it is interesting to watch it continue to grow. The cost of advertising continue to go up, but you're right. I mean, as far as how consumers are consuming it, they're not consuming less; they're consuming more, but just in slightly different ways. Where we're seeing obviously live streaming and even Twitter on the Thursday night football, uh, you know, events live streaming. It, it's happening. It's just the consumers want more of it, but just in a different way. Which leads me to my last question. Where do you see the, su- uh, the future of marketing in the Super Bowl and marketing in sports in general, like the NFL or any other major organizations? Well, I think that now with the new forms of distribution, you know, it used to be people gathering around a, a television set with, you know, guacamole and beer and all that. But now it's way, it, it, there's so many more ways that you can consume this. You've mentioned live streaming, um, like last year. Uh, one of the metrics said that there were over, um, I mentioned there were, there were over 155 million fan interactions on Instagram last year. Now, who knows what that's going to be this year? A little Snapchat that didn't exist a few years ago, you know, over almost 14 million Snapchat story views from last year. I, like I say, the numbers can drive you crazy and they're mega uh, as you go through. And advertisers will continue to try to look at the numbers you know, to see if they can make any sense. I have to say that probably as an advertiser, there's, you know, there's, there's sort of a lot of, I, I have to say a lot of hubris and ego involved in this too. I mean, to be a Super Bowl advertiser, you know, you're, you, were, you are in the big leagues. I mean, you all of a sudden have, it's your one chance to be on stage with whatever it is you have to say. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you're saying it in a lot more than 30 seconds. You're saying it with activations that happen at the site itself, with the with the, the redistribution of, of the messages and the commercials and the attitudes and, and the, the stories on all other forms of, 
communication. So to answer your questions, I mean, I think it's just going to continue to get bigger. Um, I think that the areas who host the Super Bowl uh, have a lot more to consider than just just putting the game on. You know, the financial part of it is is significant. I mean, um, you know, these numbers aren't released, but a, but a local host committee, you know, has to raise anywhere from you know thirty to seventy million dollars or more uh, locally um, just to just to fulfill those obligations to host the to host the event. So it's a uh, you know, in our case, we did it. I mean, we kind of look at the, the reasons why we look back on it is that, you know, we, we were lucky enough and, and gratified to distribute over $13 million locally in, in Northeast California to charity. Really, nobody's ever done that before. I think you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see more of advertisers and host committees who will use this opportunity to leverage uh, doing good. I mean, doing things that, um, you know, so I like to say that, so there's more to do when this thing's over with than, than just to clean up after it. Um, you know, when the circus leaves town, there's, there's something left behind that, um, that is of real value. So you've got a new book coming out, Big Game, Bigger Impact, an insider's look from the host committee point of view of how it all came together and lessons learned that can be helpful to any business. Can you share one of those lessons? Well, it, 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 and thanks for the plug. Uh, after the Super Bowl was over, after we all sort of, you know, convalesced and and uh, and sort of had a chance to to focus, you know, to think about it all and to and to, to get revived, um, a couple of us decided that it it ought to be memorialized. So Stephanie Martin, my co-author, and I, we, we actually began to write a book about from the insider's perspective, from the host committee perspective. What, what was our point of view? What was the purpose? Why did we do it? How did it all come together? And, you know, the reason to do it was we wanted it also to be, uh, have sort of the lessons that we learned uh, that could potentially apply to any business. You know, in our case, there's something really kind of funny happened along the way. You think about it. Do you know what the Roman numeral for, the, for, for 50 is? What would be X? I don't know. I'll tell you. It, it, no, it's an L. So you think about it. We, we were awarded the, the 50th Super Bowl, and we're sitting there, and you're kind of saying, okay, you know, it's sort of, I have to say it, it's sort of the wimpiest of the, of the Roman numerals. If you put an L on top of your head, like a lot of us do, um, we all of a sudden were faced with hosting the biggest Super Bowl in history. And the L, um, you know, from a digital standpoint, you know, the hashtag for Super Bowl 50 would have been Super Bowl with two L's at the end. So just the, just the decision, and then the NFL, you know, agreed, and we, we worked together on it, just to, just to deviate from the Roman numerals to, an, to, to the Arabic number 50, you know, it was, a, it was actually a big decision. Kind of funny, we, we, the commissioner, we got a letter uh, after we announced that from some organization. It was called the Roman Numeral Society of America, who, uh, who, who was protesting. They were outraged that we would deviate. I mean, so you can't do one of these things without it being noticed. There are local, uh, local uh, elected officials and politicians and others who all have an opinion about it. A lot of them are supportive. A lot of them, you know, just would like to make their, use that as an opportunity to make their point. So there's a lot of other things that go through it uh, that are way in addition to sort of, you know, the marketing and the commercialization of it. Well, awesome, Pat. We really appreciate your insight. We're certainly looking forward to watching the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend. Very good. We're, we'll be watching just like you are. 
<laughs> well, good. Pat, listen, man, thank you so much for jumping on uh, the Sports Marketing Huddle, and uh, we'll love to stay in touch. And uh, where, where are you going to be watching from? Are you going to be watching from home, or, uh, or are you going out? Actually, I have, uh, I have, I'm gathering some of the host committee staff who's around, and we're going. I have a place out at uh, Stinson Beach. Uh, we're going to gather out there, eat and drink, and uh, you know, think about what happened a year ago, and uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I guess we'll probably we'll probably be be critics of how uh, you know how the Super Bowl that followed ours was doing. But uh, <laughs> I would imagine anyway, so. We're, we're, we're going to be gathering around a, a, a television and our mobile devices just like everybody else. Well, listen, thanks so much, man. It was great talking to you, and uh, we appreciate the insight, and, and the audience will too. Uh, we'll let you know when it launches, but it will definitely be within the next 24 hours, and uh, we'll give you a Perfect. heads up. Very good. Good luck, you guys. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pat. All right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye.